You're listening to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. Remember that listening to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast can help to save you from the fiery blue balls of death. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast number 37. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. It is July 18th, 2012, and my shout-out is going to go to everyone who has air conditioning, because like George said before the show, I don't have any, and I've got sweaty balls. Darren, what do you have tonight? This is Darren, uh, also known as Bombadil. My shout-out today goes to blankets, because I am freezing my ass off, and you know, you just wrap yourself in a nice warm blanket, and uh, I'm just perfectly comfortable right now. Yeah, whatever, old man. All right, uh, Brandon isn't here tonight, so yeah, Greg. Hit, well, his shout out, no, Belric, no, and the no, live studio audience. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get one. He's not here. Poor guy. So that's that's how it works. Greg. I would like to give a shout out to the manufacturers of the Bing energy drink. Normally, I cannot freaking stand energy drinks, but on a whim and a sale price, I bought this Bing thing. It actually tastes all right, and it works. Does it uh, taste like the endorsement. search engine? No, it's a lot more satisfying. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> a lot more fulfilling. <laughs> huh? Suck it, Microsoft. All right, George, who do you have tonight? Just kidding. Hire me, please. <laughs> I just wanted to say to, to Greg, oh, bing! How nice. Anyway, um, George is going to give a shout-out to the Green Mountain Coffee Roasters because coffee is what's been keeping me going for the last week. Two weeks. I need coffee. Weeks. Otherwise, I, otherwise I can't. Yeah, I, dude. Decades, that's the only man. Thing. I, I've given up all my good vices, and now I only have coffee. So, go Green Mountain. There we go. I'm done. Cool. Awesome. And I'd like to welcome our live studio audience. We got quite a few tonight, and of course, to all of our new listeners listening to the podcast. Welcome, welcome. All right, it's time for the No Guts, No Galaxy News, founded in 2011, reporting in 3049. And now for the news. Are you looking for more members for your MechWarrior unit, or do you just want to flaunt your power and greatness? Uh, for your own unit sponsorship or recruitment ad, go to the donation page on our website at NoGutsNoGalaxy.net. Make a unit sponsorship donation of $10, and your ad will be included in the following show. He said a unit. Oh, man. Did you have to? <laughs> well, you wanted more interaction. You did. You Glug, glug, glug. It would be nice if I did have cold beer right now. now. By the way, for anybody who is wondering, it's 91 degrees in my room right now, and that's in North Carolina. So, yeah, 
Yeah, because 91 is different if you're in a different state. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, it is. 91 in a dry climate's not bad. Bullshit. <laughs> 91 is 91. Well, I'm just saying. Well, it was 85 per- here last night person, at uh, 10 o'clock, so good for you. For an old person, it's detrimental either way. But moving <gasps> on. All right. Are you part of a uh, unit participating in the upcoming MechWarrior Online, MechWarrior Living Legends, MechWarrior 4, Mega Mech, or any other Battletech-related group? If so, reserve your spot on the No Guts Now Galaxy Outreach TeamSpeak 3 server today. Server information is located on our website. Once you log in, contact Phil, Alex, or myself, Bombadil, and we'll get you set up. Let's see. This week on... Um the international listeners we got some change-ups this week uh japan dropped a spot to number five portugal moved up a spot to number one number three canada sitting at uh, number three same as last as week as they stay at number three i'm happy canada yeah yeah i know um and then uh moving down a spot from number one uh this week at number two is germany and moving up a spot australia takes the number one spot congratulations australia and you know I'd like to think of Australians sort of like just really drunk Americans. I mean, that's sort of... That's, you know, my last five, ten years of online games, that's pretty much what I've decided Australians are. I love Australians. They're hilarious because they make me look sober. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Huh? Uh, if you have a community spotlight that you would like us to uh, talk about, focus on, send your community spotlight submissions to spotlight at nogutsnogalaxy.net and we will check it out. Something cool this week, um, we've been advertising a, uh, a couple local games, uh, tabletop games down in the Florida, southern Florida area. Um, first one is Mike, also he goes by uh, Frantic Pride. Um, he runs a game out of Miami, Florida, and uh, he heard me say, send pics or it didn't happen. He has actually sent pictures, uh, Boo, if you can link that for me. Um, so we have pictures. It's actually happening. Uh, if you're in the South Florida area or the Miami area, contact uh, Mike, Frantic Pride. His contact info is in the show notes from uh, the last two weeks, and it will be in the show notes for this week as well. And uh, it looks like fun. It actually, it looks like they're doing it um, the hard way, too. They're using the uh, rulers and measuring instead of the hexes. What do you think yeah, of those pictures? And I'm really jealous, actually, to be honest. So, like, I- I think if I could get the amount of, you know, individuals around in the Raleigh area, I'd love to, like, get together, whether it was at a, one of these little shops or, you know, whatever. But, you know, like, it's been forever since I played the tabletop, let alone, you know, it's one of those experiences where it's just fun. And, you know, when I was 13, I couldn't drink a whole bunch of beer. Or I guess I could have, but, you know, it's be nice to... Seriously, I mean... I so badly want to have like some kind of NGNG event. I mean, I guess we're going to need some some rich benefactor or some somebody to win the lottery, but uh, I think that would be so much fun. I'll go on record now as saying that if I do win the lottery, we can try to set up something. <laughs> and I'll be the MC. What if you only win like $10 in the lottery? No, no. I said good amount of lottery. First, I pay <laughs> off all my bills. I pull all my relatives out of debt, and then I might consider helping you. Can, it, can I right. be your... You know, pool boy, adopted stepson. <laughs> pool sure, boy, I like better. Start uh, towing a line, pal. Boy. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't want your, your sweaty balls boy? hanging around me. <laughs> Can he cool his sweaty balls in your pool? Like marinara sauce. All right, oh, what's God. next? 
Uh, also running another game in the uh, South Florida area. It's uh, Gustavo Barona. He runs a game at 6 p.m. at Adventure Game Store in Davie, Florida, uh, South Florida, Broward County area. His uh, contact info will also be on the site. If you're playing a tabletop game in your area and you're looking for more players, then uh, let us know. Email us at localgames at nogutsnogalaxy.net with your info, and we will announce it just like we have been with these. And again, picks or it didn't happen. Funding for this podcast is brought to you by you. This is a listener-supported podcast, and your donations keep us on the air and pay for such things as hosting TeamSpeak 3, equipment, software prizes, and other projects. Uh, check, out our, check out our new donations page, which includes recurring donations, unit sponsorships, George Ledoux himself recorded messages and ads. And now, finally, the NGNG Warhammer t-shirts are available, and we have ordered them, and they are on the way and that's for a $40 donation. Um, these are very limited time offers. We're going to be doing uh, a very short run of the Warhammer, and then we're going to be moving on to the Marauder, and then the Archer, and then the Rifleman. Small amount of each T-shirt. Limited time, collector's edition type thing. So get your order in as fast as possible before they're gone. Yeah, I'm pretty damn excited. Because, you know, I've been ragging on Taryn for, I don't know, about like, yeah, <laughs> three months ever about t-shirts, you know, and this has yeah. been probably the hardest um, process I've ever gone through with um, getting any kind of merchandise like this. But at the same time, it's probably going to be one of the most gratifying. Um, it, these are just going to be amazing, and I cannot wait till we get them and we get pictures and we have you know the, these amazing shirts to actually show people. What's cool is that people are ordering them right now. Uh, basically trusting us that they're going to be awesome. Um, yeah, so hopefully they are. Otherwise, uh, I'm going to disappear, head to Mexico or something like that. Yeah, about that. And they and, better be good. You know, it's hot down there in Mexico, Phil. I've been especially, to very, very especially hot places. in a sweaty jail. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done my time in very hot places, so whatever. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, that is the news for this week, Phil. Our guest tonight is one of our local Aces members, and he goes by Mr. Boo. Now, he used to have more not numbers to his name. Our local Nazi. Anyways, that's what we call him. Boo. We shall not talk about the 88. <laughs> <laughs> How do you go playing video games for years and not realize you're a Nazi in, in hiding? Uh, the 88? comes from back to the future you have to go 88 miles per hour to go back in time sure is, is that what you tell the court? that's what hitler said too <laughs> wow all right guys so we're gonna be moving on to mech of the week it's not just filler it's all killer <laughs> fancy to say about that and again you guys voted for something that i probably wouldn't have picked but this was overwhelming i mean this was that's probably landslide getting picked whatever phil doesn't like that's what people jump no on. i didn't say i didn't like it it's just i wouldn't have voted for it then again it's not a very known um actual battle mech and i will give it uh you know you know, I feel bad for the guy that keeps voting for the uh, the Phoenix Hawk because actually I, I want that one as well. But rather, it's week after week after voting. week. Like I'm Phoenix not Hawk is next week. I, I swear. You're gonna make it happen. 
yep. the power of George. See, and that's the same. Phoenix so I'm not Hawk trying Nikki. to influence anybody, their decisions. George is like, yeah, you should do that because Phil will hate it. Oh, great <laughs> idea. George no, but... can't influence them fast enough. I still think y'all need to do Scorpion, you know? Yeah, I know, but... Oh, we can get right. the Scorpion too, but, you know, Phoenix Hawk has been in the, in the list for a long time. I guess I'm sorry, so. Phil wants so, to talk. Everyone shut yeah, up. Yeah, we, we got to focus. So What is we this week's Mac of the Week? The Mercury and specifically the MCY-99. Now, the Mercury is a 20-ton mech. It goes a whopping 129 kph. And not to mention, when it's a mask, is it, uh, you know, engaged, it does spurts of up to 172 kph, which, holy crap, that's fast. And then on top of that, it's got a pretty lethal, you know, set of weaponry. It's got two small lasers and two medium lasers. So, I mean, in retrospect, you have the... Um, Stingers and the Wasp, but have you know a medium laser and like a machine gun or a medium laser and SRM two or four. This thing has four different you know weapons. Funny you bring up those two mechs because uh, this mech was actually a replacement for the Wasps and the Stingers uh, used by the SLDF. It's very surprising that you get so much out of such a small mech. I know twenty tons. It's got it's super fast. It's got uh, mast, and really that is a great loadout for well, that. The one thing, actually, we're going to talk about a little bit before we move on to the rest of the show is um, Battletech and the build rules for the battle mechs in general. And one of the things uh, that sort of spurs this conversation is a lot of discussion on the forums at, you know, MechWarrior Living Legends, at MWO. I mean, pretty much across the board as far as the tabletop and MechWarrior is concerned. Now, if you follow the build rules none of these mechs are unique it's not like their designs i mean pretty much what happened is someone built a mech using the build rules and then said hey this is the mercury you know they just gave it a name the exact same loadout can be done you know a million different times with a million you know it's it's that's what's unique about the tabletop right it's not based on a hard point system it's based on just build rules and here you have it and i feel like that in itself has created some would you guys call it misnomers about how battle mechs are and what they are and how they operate as far as uh in the novels crickets crickets i mean do you guys not follow what i'm i'm saying here no you lost me there okay i mean in the novels it doesn't talk about um mechs being able to get fully customized from the ground up, you know, like right. the tabletop does off uh, the build rules. It's very, very... Um, you can do whatever you want, pretty much with the battle mechs. This... Well, even the tabletop, I mean, you had to make rolls for stuff. Theoretically. Yeah, within limit, but I feel like that's... The tabletop doesn't um, have a hard point system, or it doesn't have limitations that we're seeing um like uh mechward living legends has implemented with their pod system and what mwo is doing with the hard point system and so this like is basically that. a segue into the fact that the mercury uses the modular replacement system well my point being though is that you could pretty much the original designs of battle mechs right all these the mercury the atlas i mean pretty much the like the number one um let's say the variant who's to say you couldn't actually create other variants and they don't actually have a place in canon because 
the original ones weren't made. Good. Randall Bills is to say that. Well, <laughs> I'm just throwing that up. Like, who's to say you can't create a short, medium, and long range version of pretty much every mech and it not be canon? Because it's not like in the novels it talks specifically. Um, I mean, that's why you have offshoots of different mechs anyway. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Um, I don't really have anything to add to that, but yeah, I mean, that's just part of kind of comes with well, the territory as far as Battletech. I mean, you can't just make shit up and then say that it's canon. I mean, customization in the Battletech universe was generally seen as a big deal. People weren't just creating variants willy-nilly. Yeah, certain variants created, that were produced by certain the factories, Mercury? and that's it. Who created the Mercury? It was based off build rules. I mean, you can create... Uh, uh, Mitchell see... Vehicles and Scobell Mechworks. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is you could create another variant because there's there's the 97 to 98, 102, 104. You can go in there um, to Skunk Works or any of the other mech editors and build another version of the Mercury. And th- who's to say that's... I mean, you're using supposedly the chassis. There's, there's really who's not... Who's to say the people that wrote Battletech are to say? <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, saying Randall Bills. If they, if they had wanted to create that variant in the, uh, in the universe, they would have done it. I think I need if to... If you uh, want to go do it, that's fine. But that's a fan making an addition to the universe that's not there. Yeah. And, I, and I, honestly, I think I need to smoke a little weed in order to have this discussion with you. I don't know. I just... Uh, l- l- let me let me put something together. Uh, Frankly, and... I find the idea of a fan that thinks offensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just... It, it sort of gets me about the, the rule sets... Um, and we'll get into one of the mechs that was released well, for well, what's the MWO. Alternative? What's the alternative? Not allowed to change anything? No one would pay attention to that. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. What I'm saying is, there's actually. It's not like they're giving you a Mercury chassis, and you know, um, there's only certain limit, certain limitations, certain hard points. Pretty much, if you go by the tabletop rules, the this exact same loadout. If you go into the tabletop build rules can be called really anything and you can make it to whatever there's nothing unique about the mercury it's it's not like it's got a um its torso twist rate is a little bit faster than a stinger or it has x amount of degrees uh higher firing angle or there's nothing unique really about each design other than its weapons the armor uh the speed of which that yeah i guess what i'm trying to say is there's nothing unique about the chassis specifically because the no details went into that. There was nothing that went further to explain, okay, well... There could easily be another 20-ton mech that goes that fast, that has that armament, that doesn't look like the Mercury at all, and, you know, and it could what's be... What's the difference? Yeah. And that's, I guess, maybe my roundabout saying is... My roundabout. There's really nothing to distinguish, and... I you feel went, like, like, the longest possible route to explain that. <laughs> Very scenic. <laughs> It's hot, whatever. Thanks for the ride. Well, okay, let's let's get back. On, yeah, totally get what you're saying. Um, it's an imperfect uh, IP. You know, you got the novels, you got the tabletop, you got the video games, whatever. Um, but let's get back to the Mercury specifically. Uh, an interesting thing is basically the Mercury was the the predecessor to the Omnimax. It, it, um, but it was introduced in 2742. But it pretty much disappeared from the Inner Sphere after Operation Exodus. I don't know if somebody linked that or can. Um, 
and the full potential of the modular system wasn't realized again until the clan invasion and, and their, you know, their Omnimech. So um, an interesting little bit of history there. Uh, and what would have changed had that not uh, disappeared from the inner sphere? Now, we may actually have listeners that don't know what Omnimech is. Should we dive deeper into that? Sure. Why don't also you just explain have, it? Uh, people that are on this uh, might have a co-host. <laughs> okay. Well, it's there's actually a few different. Thank goodness. Now I can go get something to drink. <laughs> there's actually a few different, um, I guess, ideas or just sort of concepts what people think Omnimechs are. Now, if you read some of the lore, Omnimechs were basically designed to use a modular pod-like system. Um, and it was sort of introduced via the clans. And it was basically so Omnimechs could be repaired easily, could swap out weapons easily for different environments, different engagements, uh, i.e. if the clans knew it was going to be a quick uh, battle, they might load up a lot on ballistic weapons, high damage, you know, whereas if it was going to be an extended battle, weapon systems that may not, you know, use uh, ammunition, so extended campaigns. Okay, yeah, so and similarly, an Omni-Mech is like a Lego version of a yes. regular mech. Well, just think of like uh, the... Uh, think of like a, a detachable penis. Um, well, no, think of the Apache helicopter. If you've song. ever seen that, um, like a picture of it where it has its whole arsenal in front of it, different pod systems that can... It's sort of like that. A little bit, obviously, a lot more detailed, but it... It represents like the Timberwolf, the Prime, right? Actually, remember that game that you were a big part of, Mech Warrior Four. That uh, that's a good example of how you can just inter- you know switch you different talking? weapons in it. No, well, <laughs> see, I, I I don't know. I mean, if you're talking about the BattleTech build rules, right? It it, it throws Omni Mechs out the door because it really doesn't matter. All Mechs can put whatever weapons you can put clan weapons on IS. Blah blah blah. There's no hard point systems in the tabletop where something i've always thought is more or less omnimex let's take the temple of prime if you have the modular system for the a it basically allows you to hot swap from the prime to the a very quickly in a short amount of time repair costs and all that fun stuff a lot of people take it as it's two different chassis though and the thing with it is it's just a pod modular system so you can literally take the prime and with you know x amount of time you can have it as an a or b or c variant and anyways that's sort of what how i've thought omnimex to be now there's other opinions and views and i'm not saying they're wrong um and we could discuss those but but yeah you know plug and play legos i mean that's all in there it's a quick way to basically swap out depending on the battle that may occur or the situation and it allowed quick repairs um, and quick uh, hot swap ability, I guess. So, yeah. So that is the Mercury. Definitely an interesting mech. Actually, I think it's pretty versatile. So you know. It almost feels like it's cheating. Like, it's 20 tons. It goes faster than a Locust. It has two medium lasers, two small lasers. Like It's just the build rules. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. It's the manipulation of the build rules to be it more effective and there's nothing wrong with that it's just i think originally they, they didn't really account for it they didn't put those limits or restrictions onto the tabletop and therefore it creates these imbalances and you're gonna see uh teams like mechware living legends like mech 4 uh and even mwo right now 
that are trying to find ways to, I guess, subdue that sort of crazy system that tabletop is. So, yeah. All right, we're going to be moving on to community questions. And again, Mr. Ledoux has our first question. What's up with... Are you inserting your own questions into our document? Is that what you're doing? No. These are on your freaking <laughs> No Guts No Galaxy site. No one else puts any questions up there, so... <laughs> I do. All right. Why not? And so, we thank you for that. George says, I do. How many longtime players of Battletech or MechWarrior will be revealed as being members of the Goon Swarm over time? Do you think it may... What, hold on. Do you think it'll make any real difference considering what we know about the structure of the game? And he says, personally, if I was on the development team, I'd be thrilled to have them in there because they don't seem to be... Reticent. Reticent about handing over their money to play a game that interests them and sheer numbers of them to make that very appealing idea. Plus, I like their sense of humor. This is like a complete reversal for me last week. You were like anti-anti. Anti, anti, oh, yeah. yeah well, a- absolutely. And I've, I've posted this in different places, and I've stated it to different people. It's like, first, when he had that Matani guy on there, he, he made me very depressed, to be absolutely honest. It really just made me go, God, you know, this is the future of gaming. But honestly... After I went and looked at a lot of their stuff, and I went to their site, and I went all over their forums, their own forums, and I just was looking at all the stuff on here. I swear to God, I found them these guys very intelligent and very smart. And I think people are getting all wound up about nothing for this game. You mean you? It, what do you mean me? You were getting wound well, up about them last week. Last week, and we were telling you this yes, is just yes, sort yes, of yes. what gaming is. No, I was, I was. And, but, but you know what? Still, if you go on the MechWarrior online forums right now, people, all you got to do is say goons, and there's some people that go ah, and they freak out. Yeah, and but course, you know what? I want to, I want to point something out here that I'm, I think is super important, and that is that George, you didn't just go with the flow with what everybody else was saying. You actually did some research. You actually got to know these guys. And that is something that I think our community is completely lacking. We go by, you know, everybody is talking shit about the goons. And I think people talk shit about the goons that don't even know anything about the goons. It's like, uh, and, and this it's goes like for... A concept. Yeah, and this so goes for... The thing is that George looked them up and, you know, talked to them or did whatever and still thinks they're human. <laughs> and I got some of them to contribute to the podcast. So, well... To answer to answer the question, I think there is going to be a large contingent of Goonswarm, but I think one of the things we could definitely dive into is the internet and gameplay in general. And realistically, I think Matani had a very very accurate statement last week. Uh, he basically said, you know, this the the BattleTech core group, you know, these sort of old you know warriors, you know, Darren. I would say you're in that 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 range of um, players. I'm an old warrior. No, guys who have been around and who have seen it from the beginning. And uh, he basically said... Battle droids, bitch. He basically said to the fact you guys have this sort of knights in shining armor sort of mentality and and anything other than that is wrong. Sort of like the old guard he was basically referring to. The thing with it is, is humans aren't like that. Uh, You know, we're... There's deceit, there's deceptions, there's, there is still glory, there is still honor, but um, I think we're going to see multiple groups like the Goon Swarm. I think the Goon Swarm was just sort of, uh, I don't know, just sort of the first major group to to do it and go big, and so obviously it's sort of like, hey, they're the, the godfathers at all, but there's a lot of groups out there 
Um, we know them. We've played some of them in MWLL that are just sort of griefers and out to ruin someone's uh, enjoyment. So as far as the longtime players, I think there will be some, but, you know, I think we'll see multiple groups. Uh, Let me tell you, I went on their forums and in specifically into their Mech Warrior uh, stuff. And the, the guys that are on the MechWarrior online forums, at least the ones that are currently vocal, they're not stupid about Battletech. They've been playing it since they were young. So they're not just, you know, people that drop in. So some people think, oh, they're like 5- and 10-year-olds or something, you know, and their moms and dads are buying them these, these Founders packs and legendary, uh, you know, Founders. No, these guys are like you guys. They just have a different group, uh, slightly different mindset, it, it's they're just another group is all I'm saying. I agree. And, and, and within like to, they like to stir up and you forum think, trouble. Well, I have no problem with that because fuck, I I, not I just, would do that more often myself if I if I didn't. Well, you get, look at myself. it this way: it's not just they're starting trouble. If you can get inside the head of someone, as far as like you can, screw you'd be covered head. in brain matter. Well, really, wow, no. If you can get inside the head of your enemy and, and just mess with them a little bit, you're already, you know, ahead of the game. You know, so that's another... Not only are they employing the tactics of, you know, metagaming and insider, you know, uh, basically spying, but now they're going to screw with you and you're going to think they're just a bunch of dumb, you know, 13-year-olds. That's where they get you, is they're just like us, you know, and they just... Uh, yep. And our listener, uh, World War II Ugger, made a good point, which is that, you know, a big reason they didn't have basically aliens and other creatures in the Battletech universe is because it could show how bad humans could be. And like any group, um, you're going to have assholes. We have Alex. And, uh, you know, the goons are huge. They have huge numbers. So they're going to have, you know, a good number of assholes, but they have a good number of good people as well. So that's just more people in general, totally despite what uh clan or guild tags they have at the end of the day you either win lose or draw in a game no one likes to lose and uh, especially online gaming so you're gonna see any group do whatever they have to whether it's with honor or you know honor or chivalry or whatever yeah bullshit it's a game really if you want to role play and be the knights of the inner sphere or whatever go and and within game mechanics, I'm totally fine with that. You know, like the the only time where I disagree with you know do whatever it takes to win is when they're hacking. Like uh, last night in Daisy, somebody was hacking where they couldn't be killed. You kill them, they get back up. You kill them, they get back up. That's hacking. That's out of the game. You know, that yeah. to me that's bullshit. Yeah. So when you know, is if it's within the parameters of the game, don't you know don't scream cheater or. Troll. I mean, hey, if it's part of the game, it's there to be used. And if the developers don't want it to be used that way, they can change how the game works. Anyways, we're going to move on to the next question. Josh Davion, and he says, I have a question about looking for fluff in the Battletech universe. Just the other day, me and a few other first Blackburn Raiders were talking about the Mercury mech because I got all hyped up about it in an IS newsflash. We traced its lineage down to the Vulture the damn mad dog god you intersphere people and the timberwolf uh have you guys ever looked for fluff in the Battletech universe just for the heck of it i'm gonna tell you a little little story about myself real quick um i know i told you darren about this and i think it was uh, i think greg and maybe anyways 
uh, growing up reading the novels, I basically um, I lived and breathed BattleTech. The each each novel, the MechWarrior games, MechWarrior Two. Um, hell, I even built like Legos and stuff. Like it, it was it was a big deal to me. I mean, you know, with your imagination, you know, getting your buddies into the game. I printed off at the time the basically what is the history of BattleTech. Not only that, the timeline of BattleTech, and you can find all this at Sarna.net. Um, and I had it in a binder, and I used to carry that around, and I'd have it at school. Like I'd be reading that when like my teachers would be like teaching whatever. Mm, that explains a lot. And yeah, it does. And so, as far as Josh, yes, I have. Uh, I I grew up with BattleTech being a big part of you know my life and i know that sounds a little weird to some but hey you're all here listening to a podcast so you're all nerds so whatever get over it um and so i know you're the creepy nerd in the corner going battle tag you know um so that's my experience now did any of you guys do that mm, i didn't back then uh you know i was too busy with girls and sports but um i tend to do that now uh, I like delving more into the history and, and tracing lineage and uh, doing that sort of thing now. Uh, yeah, Greg, I, do you, go ahead, like I haven't really you know done the novels or the history. Most of my MechWarrior experience has been the video games, back from the Sega three, four, and you know since last year, since I saw you, uh, been when y'all playing Wolf and Exile on MWLL, started doing Sarna, started researching, and it's pretty fascinating actually. I was really big into the fluff. I, I like the novels. I like the tech readouts. I never did anything like trace the lineage of a mech, but you know, I, I love the the universe. I love the people in it. I love their interactions, the rich history, the great battles. So anytime like a a field manual would come out or something, I would love to get it to find out the histories of all the different figures and how they interacted and what units they were commanding and what they did. And, the unit crests and the I remember one time yeah the Jade Falcon I think it was field manual had the actual names of all the pilots in all the units I thought that was amazing you know the amount yeah. of detail that they do dive into on some of the things was really amazing and I really enjoyed that and I I wish that would have translated over to the tabletop, and, and that's what we were talking about earlier, like, you know, a chassis is actually being unique in its own right, you know, whether it's, it's faster in this way, or, you know, more armor in this way, or something, you know, all those, at least I enjoyed the hell out of it, I mean Yeah, I think the my reading was was strictly with the novels when I got the TR, which I love the TROs but I didn't really get those for the technical knowledge, I got them for the pictures which i know sounds weird now when you look back at the pictures but uh that's what it was i wanted to see you know everything that i could see and then as far as uh research and reading it was strictly the novels so phil that binder you bought the school was it sticky no hmm. actually i still did the page it. stick to, stick together i still have it actually um somewhere freaking one of my boxes i mean like i still have the uh card game multiple card decks um, and of course, all my novels right over there. So, um, well, uh, before we move on, I do want to point well, just, out. Be- Go ahead. Oh, just um, I just want to throw my two cents in here. So, um, basically, yeah, honestly, didn't know anything about it until I was involved with the mech games. But to me, 
all the the little background details and all that kind of stuff that stuff i actually do find much more interesting but this is pretty much the way i look at any of these fictional universes whether we're talking about mix whether we're talking about D&D, whether we're talking about H.P. Lovecraft stuff, okay? I mean, I love all those little details and things. That's the stuff that I that really makes any kind of franchise or universe seem more real to me. Now, I know that's that's not the main focus of these things. The main focus is, of course, the battle mechs and the different uh, uh, variants and all that stuff. But yeah, if that's if it's called fluff, that's basically the stuff that I find very interesting. Um, so I'm glad I've been able to find some of the novels. Um, I haven't been able to read you know, them thoroughly, but I've been scanning them. I'm just too busy right now. But I, I'm going to definitely be uh, looking through them. I just think they're, they're very interesting. Lovecraft, yeah. nice. I remember I... when I read the uh, particular novel um, and Morgan uh, dies on the, on the jump ship. Well, actually, technically, they're on the drop ship, but they're... Did you weep? The... I got so pissed off. I remember I put the book <laughs> down and I didn't read it for two days. Like I remember, you know, they're on their way to Huntress. Um, you know, it's basically when the Inner Sphere banded together, Starly was uh, reformed, and you know they're on their one-year trip through you know unknown space, pretty much. And yeah, he he was assassinated. I remember just, I remember you know the time when uh, Victor, you know, gets in a sword fight you know ninja style um on lutheran and you know protects he actually thinks uh omi dies and uh i remember the, this one part that you know he's fighting this um assassin i guess that's the best word to put it and you know they're changing blows they're you know sword fight and basically he gets hit to the ground, stabbed through the chest with, you know, katana. So he can't move because there's a sword through his chest in the floor. And so I remember he kicks the dude so hard in the balls. It like, you know, crushes his nuts and the dude falls over. He rips. I hate the when that out. happens. And then what he does is he doesn't have an, like he, he's starting to like lose conscious. He's so weak. He takes the sword, lays it over the dude's neck and then like, puts all of his body weight and cuts through dude. I ick. Damn it, I wanna see a real good movie made about that. Damn, that's like a boss right there. But yeah, if we could see a movie done of the Battletech universe, a real gritty detailed, it would be awesome. But anyways. Hey so. before we move on. Uh, I want to point out because uh, Josh Davion uh, is first Blackburn Raiders and uh for everybody in the audience tonight, um at Let's see, it's going to be 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. The first Blackburn Raiders are uh, holding a Mega Mech match. Um, you can get the details on our Facebook page if you want to uh, participate. You have to have the correct version of Mega Mech and pretty much know what you're doing as far as that goes. It's not necessarily a training session, but uh, the community is invited. So just wanted to put that out there. All right, moving on to MechWarrior Online. We've got Screenshot 11 oh. was released. All right, now, what did you guys think about Screenshot 11? Um, Somebody's got about to get pumped up with some lasers. <laughs> well, we've got a Atlas that's rocking two large lasers, an LRM-15, SRM-4, and an AC-10. And he What I find interesting is um, he's got his SRM-4 and AC-10 grouped together. I don't know that I would do that, but anyway. 
Uh... Dev, dude, they can do whatever they want. Well, if they do have the same sort of reload times, I don't think I think that would be pretty reasonable. And you got to remember the what's arms, the range difference? I don't know, but the arms move separate, so obviously you can see that he's grouped the large lasers. Um, yeah. So I mean, doesn't seem too crazy, but that hunchback is definitely hurting. So indeed, my money would probably be on the Atlas at this point, but his heat is pretty high and then plus he's got a friendly unit to the left that's about to help out so yeah hunchback is screwed screwed yeah so uh lots of screenshots from the forest colony map um you know, yeah to... It'd be nice to see some different uh maps huh? settings yeah if they have any so but it's still interesting that's an interesting uh hunchback setup as well small All right. laser two ac2s and two medium lasers yeah the ac2s definitely for what you think would be range but um so he's he's sort of got a long range to medium range setup yep yep and he's yeah. 109 meters from a atlas i don't think that's a good idea but you know i think he overextended i think he needs a you know, run back I'm not, I'm not judging maybe maybe he wins i don't know maybe maybe we don't I, see the hell of uh, missiles coming in yeah right. something like that he, he was spotting he was a scout atlas or Hunchback, whatever. All right, we've got the tweet chat with the lead gameplay engineer, Omid. And uh, we actually talked about this last week. And it I was, think it's Omid? I'm not on yeah. when, when we get on the show, he can correct me until then. Yep. Uh, say his last name. When he gets on the show. Yes. When anybody from MWO gets on the show. She get Paul. Yeah. So the transcript is pretty lengthy. Some things to take out of this: there will be a type, a type of firing testing mode, um, but it's not done yet. In other words, you don't have to piece your mech together and then jump into an actual battle where there's consequences it's, to see yeah, if you like it. A yeah. test lab, you know. So um, there isn't any voice over IP, but they say rather use Ven or TS3 since. And they said most of them are set up anyways. So, yeah, join the Outreach TS3. Um, we can set you up with your own unit logos, your own rooms. You, can you know what? And, and we keep talking about uh, the, the different units and so forth and the houses and the, and the mercs. That's great. But you know what? The other group of people that are totally welcome here, and we actually need to create a channel for them. I was just thinking about this earlier this morning, is Lone Wolves. Get on here. You, there's a place for you, too. We'll make a channel for Lone Wolves or multiple and... Uh, maybe this will be a good place for you to meet other lone wolves and create a uh, merc Can unit. Or Come on. indeed, but uh, but no, really, you don't have to be. Oh, Darren, you don't you didn't get that movie reference, did you? Wolfpack. Oh my god, <laughs> uh... he's, he's too old. Okay, he doesn't watch. Hey, dude, I'm movies. older than him, and I saw the movie. What are you, are you talking about? That freaking. Oh my god. Oh right, right, right. That's an excellent You're... movie. Yes, yes, it is. And I just saw the, the sequel, which basically... It's funny as well. But anyway, uh, I, we always single out the people that are already organized in a group. And so I want to put the invitation out there to all you lone wolves. Uh, get on here. You're welcome. Another thing they talked about is the uh, tie to the tabletop. And again, like we just talked about, some things the tabletop doesn't translate well into is a mech warrior game. Some people might say, what the hell are you talking about, Phil? Or you're an idiot. Well, one of the you're things... You're an idiot. Yeah. Well, you know. One of the things that doesn't translate well is 
as soon as you allow a person to be very accurate with the mouse to be able to pinpoint actually uh, a location on a mech that you're firing at it negates the tabletop tabletop is out the window because the tabletop has randomness each weapon system will hit in a different location and then on top of that you allowed them to have accuracy, and then you allowed them to group weapons together. So if not thrown out once, it's thrown out twice, and there's even more that can get into it. So, Could, just, could you imagine if somehow they made it so that the video game, you couldn't be accurate, you couldn't group weapons? I mean... You'd be punching kittens <laughs> all night. I, all you'd hear is a hospital full of crying babies, because mm-hmm. Greg and Darren would be punching babies all night. And people don't understand that you still have people on the forums talking about weapon convergence and how blah 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 and it needs to be more. T- Holy crap, people! I, you know, Amen. I'm of the opinion that if the MW, if Piranha would have said, you know what, fuck the tabletop, we're going to do things our own way and create our own system to where. A AC, a heavy AC in a 120 to 203 millimeter round can go further than 250 meters. Do you know the velocity of a 120 millimeter main tank gun is 3,600 feet a second and has a maximum effective range of 4,000 meters? Do you know why the tabletop doesn't have it that? And they clearly state that in the tabletop rules. It's because your map set would be 20 plus. That is why the tabletop doesn't do it. Let's not translate that into a mechware game. Let's do our own thing. So I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I'm over it. I I want something new to be done. Something has to be done. So anyways, moving on. We've also got the replay system. They say not at launch, but hopefully later on. I... I sort of see this sort of like the, uh, you know, what MechWarrior Tactics is doing, albeit a little bit different. It's just a replay system, but that'd be really cool, you know, to mm-hmm. do your own little videos. Definitely. Yeah, or system. World of Tanks does a pretty good uh, version as well. You know, uh, go back, and for those groups that will be playing pretty competitively, study what happened. See what you did wrong. See what you could do different. And even, and this is a part that some people may not you can study other people's videos and see what your other teams are doing yeah think about that one um and then obviously losing an arm with ammo in it equals a loss of ammo go figure i mean that's how it should be i'm wondering though if they're going to do the you lose a left or right torso or something like that and then you lose your arm right Nipples. I mean, well if your internal structure holding on to your damn arm is gone Shouldn't your arm fall off too? That's... At least get damaged a lot. Or the, reduce yeah. mobility to the arm. Mm, interesting. All right, we've got um, the NVIDIA contest coming up. Uh, obviously, if you're in the San Francisco area, I believe that's where it's at right there. Yep, yep. It's actually near you. Are you, are you going to be going? Nope, nope. No? Okay. Well... If you'd like to, you can go. Obviously, you have to be 21. I think there will be beer and other fun stuff, so make sure you check it out. The interview with Zam, um, it, with Dennis, I'm going to I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Dennis, the art director for MWO, is finally out. It's the last one, five out of five, and it's actually a pretty cool article. Basically, you know, it's you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and 
you know, what are some of the hardest things you've had to mess with, you know, as far as the My penis. You know, little blue pill for that. No, I'm Rebecca. saying it's already hard. Rebecca will appreciate that. Um, and I would say the entire article isn't, you know, that long, but one of the most difficult things uh, Dennis says it, the challenge to overcome is the feeling of weight. And he basically says uh, to the effect, you don't just make a sense of scale and weight by throwing a whole, a whole bunch of little like buildings around to make you, you know, feel big. He says you got to capture with not just that, but also with the feeling that you're inside a battle mech and you feel the difference and you see the difference between weight classes. Um, you know, what are your guys' feelings on all the screenshots and videos of the camera angle? Um, obviously, you get to see the mech animations of on the outside. But looking at the screenshot, you know, what we were talking about earlier with the screenshot, do you feel like that's what they were originally going for? I mean, do you feel like you're looking through a mech cockpit? I mean... And I'm assuming what you're referring to is the, the idea that's been brought up to move the camera back a, a couple feet, right? To make it more like, so you see basically more of the interior of the cockpit. You feel more like you're a pilot inside the mech. Well, of course, we know that in 2009, when they released the you know trailer of the MechWarrior 3015, they were going for a very immersive sort of thing. And that's what I thought they were trying to capture with um, you know this game, albeit... Why couldn't you just scoot the camera angle back and allow you to see your MechWire hands? Whatever. I mean, you can can you imagine it? Your torso twisting to the left, and you actually see the MechWire move the joystick or throttle up. And I mean, I don't think it would be very difficult from the game development process, and it would add a little bit more because what's the point of having all those bells and whistles in the cockpit if you're not using them? And then having the HUD just be a it's pretty much a two-dimensional HUD. There's no interaction with the the cockpit itself. I don't know. I just okay. It's... I'm going to throw my two cents in here because, as someone <clears throat> who doesn't um, really follow that as closely, and I know what you're talking about. I totally get it. But I know that a lot of people would that are not as uh, informed about mechs in general might be put off by having a, a view of the cockpit cockpit that's even more pulled back because then I can already hear people complaining it's like I can't see what the hell's going on out on the field because it's so small I've got all this other stuff well, around me the, so they basically my, my they'd be argument complaining would be about this the, you know the gooey my my argument to that would be this they decided to do a perspective that you're inside the cockpit and mechs are designed so you can look out via the viewports the basically armored barrel glass right there's also another view of that your mech is actually displayed in front of you in a three-dimensional setting. So they chose this, right? They chose you to be in the cockpit, you looking through the viewport. That camera angle with all these screenshots and all the videos we've seen isn't at that perspective of where your eyes would be. It is a good foot, if not more, in front, and you're pressed up against the glass. And yes, you would lose a few degrees of vision. But that's the price you pay for the immersion and so i mean it's up to them to to design a game i mean do you do you guys not you know i i think no matter what if they had 
no matter which way they went with those two options, you're going to have people that like it and people complain. Uh, it's really the the difference between the more simulated uh, simulator type fans and the more arcade type fans. And I don't even really feel like the the you know the upfront uh, push more forward is arcadey. It's just basically what you're getting is more of a field of vision. If you're pulled back, you'd be getting more immersion, but you'd be getting less field of vision. How about them letting the person decide? Obviously, what would be the benefits of you being pulled back? Maybe some of those uh, instances inside the, the cockpit actually give you information. Like originally, I thought that's what, you know, when we were before all this was coming out, that's what we originally were, you know, talking about. Why not allow the player to decide where the camera is as far as forward or backward and you know you mean like a lean forward function (laughs) no i mean i just i just feel like we take it another step take it to another immersion level and obviously you know the they're doing a closed beta and they're you know getting their game up to a um, solid gameplay experience you know a bare minimum if you will release and obviously they'll be adding stuff from there on out um which I'm really excited for, but let's take it to another level. You know, like people are wanting yes. it that you, you're, if you build it and even if new players come in, if you do it right, it doesn't matter if it's, if it is sort of a, I, I would say a more difficult learning curve, right? I mean, shit, you guys are playing day Z that has like the steepest yeah. learning curve ever. People I think this is wanting, a, you know, that the, the immersion, we're not a bunch of idiots, you know, I think that brings up a really big issue within the gaming community and a, a big issue for me, which is, uh, and I don't think that MWO or Prana is dumb, they're dumbing it down. Um, there may be a technical reason why they don't do that. There may be an aesthetic reason or whatever. We don't know. We're not going to know until they answer. But um, the whole idea of making it more difficult, I actually love. I feel like the gaming industry has really gotten into a rut where games just left and right are coming out and they're just getting dumbed down more and more and more. And you brought up DayZ. That's a perfect example of the exact opposite of a game being dumbed down. In fact, um, it took me two weeks of just hating that game. I mean, I hated it uh, because of the learning curve. It was just so frustrating and wasn't what I was used to because I was playing all these dumbed down games. Um, But then when I got past that, it was brilliant. Now, of course, there's a lot to be left to be wanted for that. But what it showed to me was that you can make a game very difficult, very um, open-ended, very uh, just not the typical cookie-cutter shit that's coming out all the time. And if it's done right and done well, it's going to be amazing. And, I mean, there are well over 500,000 people for a mod. It's like 600,000. Yeah, it's probably over 600,000. I mean, people are loving this. It's yeah, one they of, want I'm, a difficult game. They want something more challenging than, like, Call yeah. of Duty, press the button. Which, if we if we actually break it down, MWO is a free-to-play game, so there's a lot of room. It's not a open sandbox experience, per se. But you're audience out there is wanting more than just you know a, a first person shooter experience and i'm not comparing mwo to that but what i'm saying is go above and beyond take those intricacies and and put them in there take those details take the take a little bit more time i, uh, I, I want to see like in mwo the very beginning when they had the first trailer of the uh, atlas when they're turning on the atlas they're flipping the switches i want that type of experience like if i want to do like a different view like uh some sort of night vision like that i want to see him actually have to press a button just kind of move the camera back a little bit 
I would love to see like when you accelerate him pushing the uh, throttle forward, you know, moving the joystick why, left why or right. Why not? You know, it, it adds a layer. Or you know what? Of detail. Uh, what was the game that uh, uh, Angry Joe inter- uh, was reviewing? Uh, what the hell is that? Mech- Steel Battalion. So there's kind of an example of where you can be uh, pulled back inside. You see, I mean, of course, that was a shitty game. But the idea of it is that you can, you know, you see you, there's a tiny little porthole. In order to see through it, you have to move forward. But when you're back, there's all these levers well, and buttons and everything you, you everywhere. Think of just, just the ability to um, see your character, one, gives you a sense of, oh, yeah, no shit. I am a person inside this damn giant, you know, walking machine of death. Okay. And then on, on you actually seeing the interaction between supposedly you and this cockpit and that you are a human being and you're not just this uh, sense of you're actually not in a machine. It's sort of like you are the machine and I feel like that's sort of lost, but we got to move on here and I know we can, we'll talk about this more. <laughs> yeah. In, Cause what's a big issue. Uh, yeah. one good game is DCS, a 10 Warhog. That's really good for terms. Of yeah. Immersion. But again, when you have to read a 600 page manual to understand <laughs> how it does, that's, I think no, there's extremes. That yeah. Much, nothing that extreme, but still have, that feeling that hey yeah i'm a pilot in a mech not yep. on yeah. the mech um we've got the desktop six um and it's the hunchback you know um the founders hunchback it's pretty cool you know, nothing really new about those so you know awesome keep it up we want more uh the centurion video was released now the centurion is probably i would say it's my second favorite mech albeit it's my first favorite intersphere mech uh, pretty cool seeing it moving around. I like obviously most of the Centurion loadouts. You can go to like Sarna.net and check them out. Um, I mean, for the most part. I feel a, a butt coming on here. Uh, um, or is that just my ass? Well, no. I would say seems. I mean, did you guys get this opinion that either the mech isn't completely done as far as the the textures are concerned? It looked like going for like a gray just a metal gray and it just looked white and didn't i gotta agree with you there i thought it was just me but yeah i looked at it i was like that that doesn't look quite finished well maybe they just wanted to release something new and because of the um uh the way they released it you know not just right on their server uh it it could be that they're they're going to do more texture work to it but the, oh yeah, the model no. itself was finished. That, that, I, yeah. I would bet that's a good guess. I would hope to agree that it's not done because it was very bland. Uh, literally, you you all you saw was the the arms were darker, and then this broad chest was just sort of a white opaque. And until it got like up close, and then you noticed, oh, well, there's the medium lasers in the center torso. Well, why can't it didn't have any paint schemes or any materials like the Hunchback or Catapult or Dragon. So it looked a little... So, know, PGI, like, if you're listening, <laughs> Phil would like a rainbow mech with tassels on it. <laughs> no, that is Greg. I want one that's all black and red. So, just throw now, it the It's uh, so Centurion. black. It's just Sounds so black. So you can't even see it. It's so black. It's just <laughs> black on top of black. That's what I want. That kind of a mech. <laughs> <laughs> Now, to me, this interior looks like it was, like, factory fresh, like, just rolled out. Yeah. yeah. No markings on nothing. Now, were you guys 
surprised about the way it looked and handled in the game? Were you expecting something, albeit thinner, more agile looking? Yeah, it did look a little... Um, I don't want to insult him. Uh, 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 oh, go ahead. Husky. He's got a husky lad over here. <laughs> now, well, it is supposed to be the workhorse. It is supposed to be a little tough you know, medium mech right there in the middle that can stand up toe-to-toe for a little bit. It is supposed to be that. So, albeit, the concept art is sort of difficult, right? Because anytime you do concept art, it's in a pose, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It looks specific. Um, but albeit, I actually like the Centurion. Uh, obviously, it needs more textures uh, for someone listening. Can't wait to see it, um, you know. But yeah, it's cool. Whenever we get to, you know, play, that'll be great. Be able to pile it around. Um so altogether, I liked the video. I thought it was really cool to see a new asset, and then mm-hmm. not to mention um, the map, the, the frost map. So, um, yeah, that's right. Everyone thing... wants to see. They like the frost map because it's almost like a city map, uh, and I think a lot of people are chomping at the bit to see an urban map. Oh yeah, a good one. Well, everybody wants to see a big urban. I think. I think Piranha. I, I hope now, and I don't say this as a challenge or a bad thing, but. They have hyped up the whole urban combat environment, destructible buildings and stuff, and all these posts and talks and stuff. I hope they come through because I know a lot of, even myself, I want to be able to walk through a building or, you know, shoot a, you know, 10-story building and fall over and kill Darren. You know, that would be cool. In fact, in his house, he walks into his walls. He's hoping that the walls are destructible. He pretty much just gets headaches, but. Now, Alex will be the one killing people by destroying buildings on their own team. Yeah. Indeed. I can just All right. gotta, just Hey, re- you gotta make the game interesting for some people, okay? If Alex <laughs> finds that the way to play, there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone are you a goon? Hey, George, are you a goon now? mechanic in the game, he can use Not a it. goon. <laughs> All right, so... Swarmer. So, what's the word? He's a supporter. Not a supporter. I'm a... Duncan Fisher's now a goon. Everybody heard I'm a, I'm Endorser. A yes. Alright, just a reminder, if you are a founder... Keep an eye on your inbox. Supposedly, there is more invites sent out. Ooh, That's ooh. from Russ. Another thousand out the door, or in the email. Mm. And today, we have mech number 15, the spider. Now, aesthetically, mm. I, you know, this is one of those designs that actually was mm-hmm. pretty sort of fugly. Let's. Oh, yeah, originally? Yeah, the original design. Cut the Absolutely. Crazy. Majority of TROs are actually pretty fugly. And as a matter of fact, I would say most of the Intersphere mechs pre clan invasion were all fugly because, you know, some, I don't know, drunk idiot Droom. And if you're listening to this show, you should have been fired. Um, but this design, I really love it. It. What were your guys' initial thoughts? Yeah. It looks uh, menacing. It looks like it's something you don't want to get around, especially if you get your infantry. I think yeah, it but looks. Yeah, not going to have infantry. Almost, you know, it looks skinny like the Centurion. uh, You would think the Centurion would be. Um, But best spider I've seen. And uh, it just looks incredibly mobile and wicked. You know, I'm wondering about this um, because we had one of our uh, our live audience members, Arctic Wolf, and he says, and I'm so glad the mechs have fingers. They're so important. (laughs) (laughs) Um you can flip off the other mechs. Oh, God, you know, here we go. Another f- hand. 
No, it's been a discussion, you know, why do mechs have hands? I mean, in a perfect world, you would be able to pick stuff up. and. Maybe there'll off. be uh, mech emoticons, you know, you can salute and, and wave and off. flip people off, yeah. All I know is it does look very, very maneuverable. It looks fast as shit. Um, one of the things to quickly realize, though, is the loadout. Uh, two medium lasers and its torso, uh, center torso to be exact. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of variance, and... This sort of brings up the discussion as earlier, is will they create their own variants uh, for this game? And I don't think they would be in the wrong doing so, you know, if there isn't um, as many variants as possible. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Greg, we haven't heard you speak up. Fap, fap, fap. I don't really have a problem with it. And? Okay, so let, let me ask a question, okay? For someone who doesn't know anything, maybe this will help. I'm looking at the picture of the spider. Okay, what is the what is the standard loadout for this thing? Because all I'm seeing on it are lasers. The two yeah, lasers. And there you go. The that's five it. That's v, all this thing's got. Yes, and here's this is what we were just talking about earlier. It's it's the five V. It's got two medium lasers, and it goes 129 kph, and it has jump jets. Now we were just talking about a 20 ton mech that has two medium lasers, two small lasers, goes 120 kph plus mask, and it's 20 tons. I'll tell you, to answer your question, like, why would somebody play this over, uh, you know, say, the uh, the Mercury? A lot of times I'll play mechs that are inferior because I have a personal bias to them. I like them. Either they look better or they mean something to me from a novel or from the past. You know, like, it's basically role-playing. And Bob so some... likes the little guy. <laughs> no, I, I know where he's coming from. I've done that. And I actually do like the spider's design a lot. Plus, those jump jets are actually pretty cool. Is that what yeah, those things Mer- are near the jump jets? Is those like wings to help, like, sort of direct it? Yeah, I think it would just be stabilizers. I think it's purely yeah, aesthetics. Yeah, stabilizers, okay. And also, like, the Mercury doesn't have jump jets, and the Spider does. Yes, but uh, the Mercury also has masks, so that's where the weight would probably go. It's just one of those things where, again, um, But does I the love... Mercury have fingers? You know what, this yes. is, this it, is it, what... Phil, this is this goes right along with what I, if I were to create a M, MWO, for example, um, this goes right along with what I was saying before, and that uh, I would prefer to have it where all mechs are not available to all people. I would way rather it be where it's hard to get a mech in the first place. I mean, obviously, you have to start with a mech if you're playing the game, but like. You might have a spider because that's the mech that's been handed down through your family for two generations, you know? Uh, yeah, would you rather have a, a, an atlas? Maybe, whatever. But that's not what you have. It's not easy to come by. But when you get these games where everybody can get any, you know, within a month of playing the game, you can have every mech that you want. That doesn't come into play anymore, and it doesn't uh, make certain, you know, possibly inferior mechs as uh, desirable. And so that's why I love that full immersion into the universe where, um, you know, everybody's not just billionaires like, who can buy everything. You like the Battletech mechware RPG experience. Yeah, I like to be forced to have a mech for whatever reason because of the story and, and because of the campaign and get to know that mech and be appreciative if you find another one that's better and you're like, yes, I'm excited, you know. Um, but that's gone, and, and, and it's not going to happen, so it's just my... But it's not with this project, and that's fine. This game is, um, isn't that, and, and you know, we, it's not like we're trying to compare and say that's what they should do. Yep, yep. But I do, I do understand where you're coming from, and, you know, me, I, I want that as well, you know. Yeah. And 
is Battletech or is MechWarrior Battletech? And that's where the thing is, MechWarrior Online games, in my opinion, don't really bring to light what Battletech is. Battletech Universe is something... Spreadsheets. No, it would have to be more. It would have to be a persistent, uh, you know, thing to where... uh, Anyways... We're not going to get into that. Is real I like to think rich. of MechWarrior as based on Battletech. Exactly. It's it's just a it's not a direct representation Influenced of what by. the universe is, right? It's yeah. like the All movie right. version. Yeah. We we're <laughs> moving on to a MechWarrior Tactics now. We don't have any, uh, you know, form post by the staff that'll commence later on uh, down the road. But so moving on to MechWarrior Tactics, we've got the Commando turnaround. It's actually pretty cool. Um, Obviously, they changed their aesthetics, and you know, they, and you know, what? I give them props. Sort of what I just said earlier, right? If it doesn't fit into your game, don't stick directly to their roles. They're changing how mechs work. They're changing how uh, the loadouts are. They're changing the looks of them. Do it, you know. Kudos. They're gonna have their own gameplay. I'm not gonna sit here and oh, it's not freaking tabletop. I'm never gonna play this shit. And I am so world. looking forward to this. And and you know, um, I agree. They're doing stuff differently. They got some balls. Um, and what what this is really gonna come down to? I mean, they could stick totally to the TRO, to the to the tabletop, whatever. Make everything perfect to that universe and have a totally boring game. And I wouldn't give a shit about it. But with this, you know, they're, they got their own unique look. But what it's really going to come down to is the gameplay. And if it's a fun game to play, I'm going to be happy. Yes. Now, as we're talking right now, Tactics is actually having a live Twitter uh, discussion going on. We'll cover the that next week. Uh, we also have the dev question. Now, this dev question is, which events in the MechWare universe would you like to see in MechWare Tactics lore? Um focused around 3025 area of course yeah what would you say phil to that hmm um i'd love to see the succession wars we've never had really any game take that on i mean you had uh mechware 2 mercenaries was right before the clan invasion um we've never really unless you played mega mech or the tabletop or mega mech in like a campaign mode You've never had to deal with the intricacies of just your regular old battle mechs. You know, you didn't have all these ER poles, you know, specialized mechs that, you know, clan invasion, the technology is sort of shifting. Um, sort of like the, I would say 3025, the Succession Wars area, was actually the Dark Ages, you know, as far as the lore is concerned. Don't say Dark Age. No, I say Dark Ages, not <laughs> Dark Age. Uh, but yeah, the dark ages of the time. It was it was bad. Like, I mean, that's actually that's why I was so excited about MechWare. You know, 3015 reboot. You know, I was like, oh yeah, cool. That didn't happen. No. Now, was the Hushin War? Was that when everybody was getting blasted back down to like the 21st century? Well, there's multiple succession wars, um, and basically, it take a while. To, uh, would 3025 be the third or the fourth succession one? I believe it's the third. Yeah, I think you might be right on that one. Because the fourth the, was smaller and later. Um, so it's it's basically, you know, um, like one, usually all the factions are in it or roundabouts. Uh, obviously, there's a war going on, but, you know, uh, uh, space, uh, a few planets are grabbed or a handful, and then 
the next succession war happens, some of them were taken back. And the uh, third succession war was twenty eight sixty six to thirty twenty five, and the fourth succession war was thirty twenty eight to thirty thirty. There you go. So it'd be right after. But uh, I'm definitely excited. Um, just for the fact too, we were talking about this uh, last this past week. You guys were playing a Mega Mech match this Sunday, I believe. And I didn't have the time to do it. I was a little bit busy. I didn't get home, blah, blah, blah. Um, the ability for the four of us to hop on, start a game. You know what? Hey, guys, I got to go. I got to go. Hey, not a problem. Save, boom. The next day, hey, we're all online. Let's uh, play a few minutes. You know, that's going to be so awesome. Whereas with Mega Mac, you know, you have to save. There's a whole process of sending the files. and blah. It's just going to be nice to be able to hop on blow stuff up enjoy it yeah i'm totally totally looking forward to it and i agree it's so not fun playing against a computer and mega mech because i take forever to plot that, the course or anything kick your ass yeah i like All to right, see so, uh the mech warrior tactics have a decent i like to see mech warrior tactics have a decent you know gets a computer so mech warrior living legends uh King Lear and the crew have been up to a lot of work. We've got a few releases that have happened with over the last day. Um, it's the Chevalier variants, the Clan Stormcrow, uh, Stormcrow Ryokin, the Clan Blackliner, and of course the Clan Donar. Now, the Chevalier is a wheeled combat vehicle. The Clan Donar is a vertical takeoff and landing. Um, I'm actually pretty psyched because every single time I see my creation in game, it's pretty cool, you know. Like, um, so it's coming out finally soon. You get to see the variants. Phil, can I ask what do you mean by your creation? I really don't know. It's an honest question. No, um, I actually am the one who created the the model for the Stormcrow. So. You do 3D modeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's actually Mechlord that. of Legends was where how I, I got no into idea. it. Yeah. Um, uh, myself, I'm impressed. <laughs> myself and down. other uh, WIE members at the time were involved with the, the alpha testing and stuff, and I just started asking questions, and, you know, so. Um, the really cool thing I like about the loadouts is you get to see the, the variation of each mech, but you get to see the strength and weaknesses. Like the, the Black Lantern, it's going to be faster than shit. It's like 120 kilometers an hour. It's ridiculous for a uh, mecha that size. It doesn't have the punching, packing, you know, power of like the Stormcrow on some of the variants. But speed is survivability, if you ask me. So, especially in Living Legends, I mean, remember us running around in scats? Now being able to go even faster and hit harder? Yes, please. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, it depends on whose hands it's in, but uh, definitely uh, mobility for you is a major plus and advantage. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. And I, I have to admit, I'm not a tank or vehicle, so I'll never probably drive the Chevalier around. But the dang thing's pretty hardcore as is. Now, the Clan Donar, now, I have a hate relationship with uh, the VTOLs. Um I feel they're just the troll machine galore. Did you say love hate or did you say just hate? No, just hate. Yeah, um, I'm pli- I'm gonna go learn how to pilot that. Thing. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, he's straight up freaking a troll and flying debris. Flying debris. 
uh, he'll be in there in his hawk moth just trolling with LRMs, and he can't do anything about it. He's just, you know, all you hear is warning, warning, missile, missile. Uh, um, and if you look at the Donar E, a clan-heavy right large now. laser with six ER small beams. Now, the hawk moth is pretty much dominated the skies for the inner sphere if you do pure tech matches and stuff like that so finally we see a clan version so very very cool so all together living legends is pumping out and getting ready for whenever they're going to release their next uh and i'll try to have Lear on possibly soon to give us some feedback about the mod and how it's doing now mechware tactical command we haven't heard a lot yeah i sort of put a little bit of I want to say negativity towards their recent addition on their website, but I was expecting more. Next week, we are going to have Edmund back on the show as a guest, and maybe we'll get some answers and see how the progression is going. Because ultimately, uh, if the website doesn't add up, but the gameplay is fun, I could care less about the website, really, if the game's Really? Good. Edmund's going to be on this show tomorrow? Edmund, I mean, next yes. week? Yep. He, he's been on here before. So, oh, that's yes. cool. I can ask him if they want to use me or not. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's probably not a good idea. But it's Edmund, would you happen. like to use me? I'm sure that'll... Well, I auditioned for him, but I have no idea what, what they uh-huh. you know. And I've seen the, the storyline and stuff, so I mean, yeah, I could really fuck it up. Yeah, he's going to be on the show, and Phil's going to be asking him why his website sucks. You're going to be asking him for a job. It's going to be no, a good show. No, I'm not going to ask him for a job. <laughs> I didn't say his website not that sucked. Dumb. I said the addition, too. I was expecting more. I'm so. messing the with up, you. The update to the site was fairly disappointing if you're a mech or Battletech fan. I would, I, even or, I could see that. Or if you're someone who likes websites in 2012. <laughs> hey, it's GeoCities. <laughs> I didn't say uh, that, but don't let me hear that. Don't let me hear that GeoCities. It may be a little bit harsh, so I'll wait, and then I'll judge later. But all right, I mean, so, who knows how big of a, of a development team they have? Do you have any idea? I mean, it could I be five guys. I mean, they're getting knows? paid by the government, I think, a grant to do the game. So obviously they had enough money to be able to get the... Do you know how license. hard it is to design a game with cheese? <laughs> government cheese. So anyway, I don't think they make a lot of cheese in Singapore, but I could be wrong. Command. Interesting. All right, so MechTech is got a new website. Well, I should say not a new really? website. They, they have a new layout. Oh. Um, and they hint towards possible new Linkies, news. boo. New news in the future. Now, I'm in talks with James um, a lot, actually, via email. We could shoot back and forth. They're really busy. They can't talk about uh, some things going through right now. But he said, as soon as we can, we'll be on the show. And they're actually a good bunch of guys. Um, and the cool thing is, they're a development team that actually gets on here and talks to us. Piranha. Ouch. Just come on. Hint. Yeah, Hint. that's a way to get them on here. Hey, you know what? I've wanted them. We've all wanted them on here. The, the, the fans want them on here. We want we, we, we need you on here. Help us, help you, help us. Help, help you, help us. Yes. No, I'm actually... They're, all of the dev team over at MW has been amazing and supportive. I mean, every single one. Down to Paul, to Russ, to Brian, to Garth. Garth has been extremely helpful with everything we've done on the show. Everyone. I mean, I've even talked to some other programmers 
very very cool guys nothing but support so if anything we we do we want you on the show so hurry up and that's that's it for tonight's show i just want to say our likes on facebook has skyrocketed we're almost at the 600 mark so if you're listening to the show give us a like check us out no guts spam us to your friends yes and of course give us some feedback Uh, you know we used to have like page after we used to have so many community questions we actually had to choose ones out of how many and we're sort of lacking so have we answered all the questions no guys out there listening i'm i'm the one that's putting questions on here me i mean that's not good so yeah so if you want to come up with better stuff than me if you want to stop hearing george's questions and 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 hear (laughs) other ones then then start asking we i think maybe we've uh answered them all no there's there's always discussion uh, there's always questions. There's always speculation. But because some of these answers are being given to us, obviously that sort of clears up some stuff. But uh, you guys know the development process for MWO if you have questions for that. If you have questions on other projects, let us know. If, and I'm going to challenge you guys, we talked about the MechWarrior Prime game that was never released or really talked about. If someone out there wants to do, do a little bit digging, and find out possibly more behind the scenes that'd be great to let us know I'd be, I think that'd be really cool to find out wouldn't it so be more it, of a tease though because we know it's dead in the water it's not happening well, it was pre or post mech work for us it doesn't matter my, it's just to be really cool to find out a little bit more about the project you know that's gotcha. just my personal basically we're, we're a bunch of Battletech mech warriors and we had no idea about it so it would be cool to find out you know what happened why it didn't come out you know all that info hey quick there's a question from uh, World War II Ogre what happened to your Mega Mech game between No, <laughs> Press, no Galaxy and the Highlands yeah. here's what happened uh-huh. well first of all Phil um he he stepped out of that game, but basically no, you, you're no you're lucky you did. <laughs> did I know? I said I was moving on Saturday, and I didn't. And Ever and I was asking me, "Are you going to be here, Phil? Are you going to be here?" And I said, "I do not know. Do not count me in. If I am, I may be available. So don't put me it in was, a bad." It was. Let's man. just say it was a learning experience. Uh, we have, you know, the the Aces guys have been doing campaigns in the past, and and you know we're we're always together on Teamspeak. We spend a lot of time together, so we had the time to do that thing, those kinds of things. Um, but as far as this went, basically, after three hours, we still had not had really any combat. Um, so we decided from uh, this point on, we're still going to do these uh, Mega Mech matches. Um, we're not going to do campaigns. Uh, it's just too much involved. Takes too long. What we're going to do is something more along the Solaris Arena type uh, matches. You know, one v ones, two v twos, four v four, whatever. Uh, drop in, shoot each other. Whoever wins wins, and it'll just kind of be a, a a quicker thing so that we, you know, those of us who have other obligations or so whatever can 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 participate and have fun. Um, it was just too long, and and uh, you know, it'd be really cool though is. Uh, let's say you have five on five or something in a small map and the action's going on. And here's Duncan Fisher reporting all the stuff that's going on. Well, you know what? I'll be honest. That was brought up several times, how cool it would be to do this match and then have him in, you know, post-edit come in and, and you know, do a, do a few lines or something like that too. Uh, Can I tell you something? And I think you'll find this interesting. Yes. Uh, at least I tell thought me. it was interesting. Hold on me. the Goon Something Awful forums... They have 
one of their people has actually done up an entire campaign, like a Battletech campaign, and Duncan Fisher is there, and he's broadcasting it. And they have all these lines. I could sit there and record this entire script, and it would be pretty damn cool. I've read the thing, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Well, and and he actually goes in and, and he sort of like takes over the broadcast. It, it's funny. It's a very detailed isn't that a trip campaign. to see I that think, character uh, brought to life like that. Oh god, well, I, yeah. I, I know there's some out, groups. To be honest. <laughs> I know there's some groups that actually do the whole role playing and they'll create like you know whether it's just four people, but they'll go through a scenario battles and then someone actually goes and writes a story based off of what happened actually in the tabletop so for instance you know when you read the novels you always talk about like you know the mech warrior fired its laser but it missed wide left or whatever it had a wrecking you know shot with an ac20 um i know there's actually groups that do that via what happens in the tabletop i think that's really cool and on top of this the ability to create stories and storytelling i think is really unique and one of the things that i think would be really cool for the mwo community would be able to have the tools to be able to do stuff like fan-made videos. And EVE, one of the coolest things in EVE that I see is the ability for for players to go in there and create some cinematics, um, something that you may not uh, have heard about, but it's called Falling's... Uh, um, not Falling Skies. Um, help me out. Uh, it does start with an F, and I watched and it was very good. Cl- uh, clear Skies. See, I told you it started with an F. Now, Clear Skies is a fan-made video, and it uses uh, video well, footage. Video, it's really more of a movie. Well, like an oh, I know. Hold on. It uses footage from in-game and Half-Life 2, and it's amazingly... Like, they've actually won awards, and I think they're on. Um, they're working on uh, Episode 3 right now. The Three's to... out. Three's been out. Is it? Okay, oh, well, yeah. I need to watch it. I have to look that stuff up. That sounds cool. Well, I actually think three is the best episode they've done. My so my my point beside all of this is the fact that we've never had that for a BattleTech MechWarrior game. The ability to really have a a high quality fan made films like that, I think, would be awesome. I mean, you have uh, stuff that's spurred off of Halo Red versus Blue, and recently, I don't know, I'm side loved here. Red versus Blue. Side tangent I love it too. I bought the sh- DVDs. Stop, stop. Side tangent. The new Halo that's coming out, they're doing a mini-series episodes web-based. Have you guys seen the trailer for the first one? No. Holy crap. Check it out. Actually, I'll make sure to get you guys the link in a second if you guys want to talk about something. Wait, stop, stop. Oh, no, I just want to say that too. <laughs> nice one, Bob. Well, you guys talk over. You just keep talking. I mean, you mm-hmm. do, you, you're bad about it. We that. don't let you guys, yeah. we don't let you talk 100% of the time. I know. Phil, you, I mean, Bomb, you wanted interaction, right? Yes, that's right. Anyway, what was Phil talking about? I don't know. I wasn't really listening. He's something about he's going to get his links to something, but I, I honestly missed what he was saying because I was. It was something about red and blue skies, or I don't know. No, clear skies, I'm looking at that website, but I thought it was something else he was going on to. We'll find out soon enough. This is a hell of a long show. Let's wrap this up. Yep. You can bullshit anytime. <laughs> None of that other bullshit. Yeah. I'd like to thank everyone, our community, our other staff members, and of course, our live studio audience. This was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Philip. 
This is Darren. This is Greg. This is George. This is Boo. Until next time, Mech Warriors. <laughs>